37 past one, Chad Hartman, Adam Carter, Dan Cook with you on CCO. Playing politics right now is collaboration with the Star Tribune and CCO Radio. John Rash and DJ Tice are on the line. They are joining us through the Centerpoint Energy Home Service Plus hotline. Gentlemen, great to hear from you. I want to start locally. As we're talking, we're about 90 minutes away from what Governor Walls is going to announce. How much will he turn up the dials on restaurants and salons and health clubs? John, where are we at, you think, with Governor Walls in this balance, this balance of what's happening with other states, the the climate in this state itself, uh, senatorial candidate Jason Lewis has filed a lawsuit wanting things opened up right away. Uh, there are multiple other suits challenging the governor's constitutional powers. As the governor is wrestling with this decision, uh, the announcement was put off an hour, I'm told, because they needed more time to button everything up. Uh, how do you think that's playing out with uh, his balance of the pressure he's getting, adhering to his guidelines of health, and and where the citizens are at at this point? Governor Wall said that he would rely on science. He has surrounded himself with scientists and medical experts and tried to make decisions accordingly. Like any governor and any human being, the decisions have not been perfect, and they have been imperfectly ruled out as this pandemic has carried on. But in general, I think directionally, he has taken steps that did indeed flatten the curve, that did indeed keep our health care system from being overwhelmed, and ultimately meant that did indeed save lives. Now, there are a whole lot of challenges, including people in long-term care, which has an extraordinarily high percentage of the fatalities to COVID-19 here in the state. And he, of course, as every governor in every country nearly in the world, has an economy that's reeling, and he has to contend with that and contend with a significant amount of pressure from legislators and a lot of the public and a lot of the business community and he is trying to be receptive to that as well. So we'll have to see what he says at 3 o'clock. But in general, I think that he's taken a responsible approach in public opinion polls, and, and uh, anecdotal evidence would suggest that Minnesotans at least appreciate the effort. Uh, same to you, DJ. And then weave in, I think, an interesting little uh, battle that's taking place between Kurt Doubt and Paul Gazelka. It was two weeks ago or so when the minority leader in the House, Kurt Doubt, said, listen, it's time to end the emergency orders from the governor, and because bonding comes from the House, I'm going to slow that down. And he did. Paul Gazelka at the time said, I don't want to be part of it. Paul Gazelka was on with me yesterday, Doug, and said, hey, I didn't agree with it. He wouldn't allude to doubt when I said, you're obviously talking about doubt. Uh, why won't you you know, point that? He's like, well, you just bring that up with Kurt Doubt. So just the pressure and also how it's playing out with the top two Republican leaders in the state. Yeah, well, I think the governor on the whole has you know, done a pretty good job of threading a, a, a difficult needle here, but it doesn't, it doesn't get any easier. 
Uh, he has indeed, you know, relied on on the scientists around him, but science can't answer all the questions because the question is partly, you know, how much risk do you take? And it's partly about predicting the future, which even science can't do. Uh, yeah, clearly, the pressure is, is becoming intense. It's, and it's not just political. You know, every day we're seeing uh, well-known well restaurants uh, go out of business. Uh, yep. We saw the Guthrie Theater today lay off. 80% of its staff. Uh, you know, the, the, the devastating effect on real people and, and real lives of the economic side of this is, uh, is becoming more visible every day, and that is, you know, turning up uh, the pressure. That said, I think, you know, the governor is, uh, is, is making a very good faith effort. I think that's appreciated, and he has moved the dial. And I suspect he will do uh, some of that uh, today, although it may be more the protocols than than any more dramatic change than that. Churches are another one that uh, yes. stepped up, and we may hear something about that today uh, that, that is very important to, to a great many people. You know, as for the two Republican leaders, they definitely are the kind of a good cop, bad cop uh, uh, show. And that's been true for a while. Gazelka has generally, uh, you know, been the, the more cooperative and the uh, uh, and, and, and you know the more collegial uh, uh, policymaker, which is it's usual in a sense because of course uh, Gazelka is the one who has a majority, uh, whereas mm -hmm. Doubt is in a fairly leading a fairly weak minority. But there's a there's a certain amount of freedom in that. Gazelka would very much like to hold on to that majority, uh, whereas I don't think Duff, uh, in his wildest dreams, has a big uh, expectation that he's going to take control of the House. So he can uh, go for broke a little bit more, and that's his personality uh, style as well, whereas um, Gazelka, anybody who knows him, knows that he, he is a, a gentleman and a, uh, a rather a mild-mannered uh, fellow, very... Uh, uh, you know, very easy to uh, to talk to, and I don't mean that doubt is personable. Uh, just that he's more of a political battler. Well, let me just push back a little bit on the House, right? Doubt yeah. recently was the Speaker of the House. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I mean, the state for a long time has the perceptional leaning towards Democrats. Right now, the governor's a Democrat. The two senators are a Democrat. The attorney general's a Democrat. We certainly know when we get to greater Minnesota, it's more Republican-dominated. We know the president came very close to defeating Hillary Clinton. And you know, Doug, I just don't know if Governor Walls keeps holding back, because I think he's going to hold back more than people expect. Uh, I might prove out to be totally wrong, but I'm inclined to think he's going to hold back a little bit more. I don't know if we know what role this is going to play in these individual races throughout, you know, the rest of the yeah. year leading up to November. So I wouldn't discount the House no, going to the Republicans. You know, your point is well taken. I mean, a lot can happen between now and uh, and November. I do think just in a presidential year with the big turnout that we get in Minnesota, that makes it tough campaigning weather yeah. uh, for yeah. Republicans. Uh, in this state, you know, I don't think they're going to lose a lot of seats. You know, I think that they're probably kind of down to their minimum at this point after the, the 2018 race. But uh, uh, but you're right. Uh, and maybe that's doubt strategy is that, you know, he, he needs to dig in 
on uh, the reopening issue uh, because that's what's going to stir their base and give him the best chance to to pull that upset. John, I want to get your thoughts on Jason Lewis. He's a known commodity that helps him, that hurts him as a talk show host, as a congressman. He's he's in a tougher spot like anybody's running against an incumbent right now where, you know, your your normal platforms of visibility aren't out there. He has clearly taken the tack for weeks and weeks now. Open this up. Open this up. It's a mistake. He had an interesting pushback when he was on with Steve Bannon the other day when Jason was raising the issue, which has been raised by a lot of people, uh, more on the right than the left, about what's the accuracy of the number of fatalities? Are we exaggerating these uh, towards COVID? Is is that playing a part in keeping states shut down, Minnesota included? Now he's filed the suit. Uh, what does your gut tell you? Is this what he would be doing uh, if he had more visibility? Or do you think he's doing this like all sorts of candidates when they're running and they're trying to unseat an incumbent and they need to draw more attention towards themselves. Well, you mentioned that he's a known commodity, and he's known more for his years and talk radio than his brief stint as a representative of the 2nd District. And he is replicating his radio roots in this campaign far more than that of being a legislator. And particularly when you're running for the United States Senate, a statewide seat where you need to win um, in just in portions of the state where it's been very difficult for Republicans to compete, and particularly one as polarizing as Representative Lewis, this is not necessarily the direction that one would go, because those that have pushed back so vociferously, and they are indeed by most public opinion polls a minority against the shutdown order and against the mitigation efforts that the governor and indeed the federal government has tried to take here at this point. Most of those people are self-avowed Republicans, and you can clearly see by looking at the rallies and people carrying flags for President Trump or T-shirts and Make America Great Again hats. And, you know, it's quite clear that he's speaking to them, trying to rally the base much in the same way that the president himself is trying to rally his base but neither of them are building upon their base. And when you have, as Doug just mentioned, a presidential election year where Democrats have historically done relatively well in Minnesota, it's incumbent upon him to take on the incumbent by building beyond, you know, his very energized base. And he doesn't seem to be doing that at this point. And so I think that in particular, you know, those that, continue to be touched by the coronavirus, be it they personally contracted the disease or tragically and sadly they know someone who got quite ill or even passed away, you know, that that can change people's perception. And if he seems to be at the vanguard of, of favoring opening up the economy uh, to such a degree that it appears he's downplaying the necessity of taking health mitigation effects. I think that that's a really uphill climb for him in a U.S. Senate race. So we're going to pause right here, but I want to I want to mention something. I just retweeted our own Bloy Solson put this out there just a couple of minutes ago. 
Uh, Governor Walls will announce on June 1st, restaurants can open for outdoor seating. No more than four people per table, mask and reservations required. Max 50 total people. Also unlikely that fitness will open before mid-July. I was going to get to national topics, but I want to get Doug and uh, John to react to that. I had been hearing that that was the same talk for restaurants, that it was going to be outdoor seating. Uh, I didn't hear the specifics on uh, the level that Blois has, that um, the number of people per table and mask and reservations and the max 50 total. So, again, Blois, that information, you'll hear Governor Walls, his briefing at 3 o'clock. We'll react more to this when we come back on CCO. 152, Chad Hartman back here with uh, Plain Politics. Governor Walls, the update. You'll hear it live here on Newsuck 830 CCO at 3. Once again, our friend uh, Blois Olson just moments ago tweeting out, Governor Walls will announce that on June 1st, restaurants can open for outdoor seating, no more than four people per table, mask and reservations required, max 50 total people, also unlikely that fitness will open before mid-July. John, how do you think that's going to play? Certainly disappoint some of the restaurant owners already. Many of them, as DJ had spoken about before, are not just struggling, but some certainly going under, including some really big names here in Minneapolis, as an example. And many people who, you know, are looking to get back into gyms and and, uh, get some exercise if they're not able to go outside or haven't consistently been doing that might be disappointed but again, based on what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, my sense is, is that if indeed this is the call, that this is what the medical and scientific experts are recommending, and Governor Walls has had a significant degree of fidelity to listening and adhering and then hearing from critics of those decisions, I think this criticism will be quite significant. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong call, and ultimately he feels responsible for the lives of Minnesotans and the health of people in the state. So my sense is that's probably what's going to guide him. I would finally add, and DJ mentioned this as well, we haven't heard yet, of course, also on mosques and synagogues and temples and churches and other places of worship. And that's a real significant component of a lot of people's lives. And and, uh, the ruling on that, that he'll probably talk about at 3 o'clock, will certainly make a lot of news as well. What do you yeah, think? Doug? It's hard to, you know, it's hard to imagine if he's going this way on restaurants that he's going to do much on the on the church front, uh, you know, which is in some ways a more difficult situation to manage with social distancing. I think this is going to be a pretty big disappointment and and turn up yep. the political heat considerably. Uh, I'm I'm eager to hear his discussion of, you know, what uh, what facts, what projections, what considerations. Uh, are causing him to not turn the dial any further um, than this. You know, I think the the question that's, that's going to be ever more ardently urged is, uh, you know, why aren't we doing more to focus on the most at-risk population, which in Minnesota particularly is, is clearly the uh, long-term care uh, elderly population. Uh, this doesn't seem to really address that issue. Um, so I, you know, I think it'll really, uh, it'll really turn up the heat on this. 
Uh, last thing here, we got not a lot of time. Doug, you first, about 45 seconds. Just this role that inspectors general have, and clearly the Trump administration, the president just saying fire them all, right? Fire any of them, bring your own people in. How does the president have the authority to do this, whether it's Trump, Obama, George Washington? How do we set it up this way? Well, it's, it all comes down to, you know, separation of powers. Uh, this is the executive, the inspector generals is the executive branch's internal uh, accountability, uh, investigative uh, process. Congress, obviously, as we have seen over and over again, uh, is able and often quite willing to launch investigations of its own. And and it has a whole separate uh, uh apparatus to to work with there and then of course there are there's the the criminal process uh although that is often under the executive branch as well so i mean it goes well back into the the country and the idea is that the you know executive branch uh is fully independent as is congress and and the judiciary uh so i gotta jump in guys unfortunately i'm just i'm up against the clock guys i apologize it's an important topic. We'll get back to it another time. Thanks. 